0: Hello and welcome to this roundtable about the Industrial Metaverse. I'm Rom Gaioso, your host, and in this roundtable, I'm also joined by Deb Dietz, conference's co-chair. Today, we speak with Martin Schwern, book author and publisher of the How to Spot Signals of Change and Manage Uncertainty channel on FuturesNetwork.tv. Folks, the Metaverse for entertainment and as a tool for human interaction has been in the news ever since Mark Zuckerberg's announcement. And although the technology has been evolving, today we focus on the industrial applications of the metaverse, where Martin Schwirm, author of an article on IMCA magazine titled, The Promises and Challenges of the Industrial Metaverse, will help us understand whether metaverse's payoffs are tangible. So Martin is the author of Small Data, Big Disruptions, How to Spot Signals of Change and Manage Uncertainty, a must if you're interested in weak signals. He's a senior advisor for Business Finland and a fellow at the Nordic Innovation House in Silicon Valley. So let's get started. Hi, Martin. How are you today? And hi, Deb.
1: Hey, Martin. Hey, Hey, Deb. Hey,
0: Rome. Thank you so much for having me. Exciting. And thank you so much for doing this roundtable with us for the startup community. So, Martin, uh, let's start with some definitions. In the MCA Magazine article, you mentioned both computer-aided design and the industrial internet of things as the basis for the industrial metaverse. But what is that?
2: So, um, I think over the past couple of years, we heard a lot about the metaverse, in part because of Facebook's name change to... Meta platforms. So uh, it's essentially a virtual representation of uh, the real world, something you can interact in. Uh, and I think we encountered a lot of the entertainment applications, perhaps collaboration applications. The industrial metaverse essentially is a similar type where you replicate um, machines, facilities, processes, business models, logistics, Within in a virtual space, it's very similar if you're a little bit familiar with the Internet of Things. There is the type of the industrial Internet of Things. It's a little bit same thing, focused on um, the more commercial side. I actually do believe this will be similar to a lot of the Internet applications that run in the background. So as a consumer, you're not really accessing these applications, but they are the backbone of commercial applications of the economy as we know it. So similar to the metaverse, we will have a lot of fun in the metaverse, but in the background, there will be the industrial metaverse. Um, that uh, companies will work with. So I want to mention for the article, I had the pleasure that Thule Ahava with Nokia and Karolina Salmanen with VTT gave me their input. VTT is the Finnish R&D center that uh, focuses on new applications and you look know, looking a little bit into the future. I also want to note that uh, in March two, uh, 2024, I will have the pleasure to moderate stage discussions with industrial um, experts on the topic of the industrial metaverse at South by Southwest in Austin, so that if somebody has the time to join me, this would be great. Um, just to give you a little bit of the background, why I mentioned computer-aided design and the industrial um, Internet of Things. Um, I wanted to put this in perspective because nothing comes from emerges out from a vacuum. So there are precedents such as uh, consu- uh, computer aided design and the Internet of Things, so Autodesk and what is called Building Information Modeling, so essentially the idea, you pack all the information of facilities into the computer. That has been around for some 40 uh, some 40 years, so I just want to make sure that we don't forget there is a continuation in the application. NASA, for instance, had... Uh, it, type of digital twin, which is a metaverse application, if you will, in the 60s. And you can see it in the movie Apollo 13 when things go all right and the engineers essentially plug stuff in a computer to see how they could salvage the situation. So in a way, the industrial metaverse is the latest instantiation of of such an application, a virtual representation. But I do believe it is a very powerful one. It is something that similar to the internet has the potential to change the way we interact with each other, with applications, um, with industry in general.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Martin, first of all, your article in IMCI Magazine was phenomenal. I highly encourage everybody to read that. But in the article, you mentioned the Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technologies Metaverse Factory Experience Center. So tell us a little bit about the center. Why is it so special?
2: So, uh, yeah, why did I pick that one? Exactly. Yeah. Good question. So in general, stepping back the industrial metaverse will improve planning design operations maintenance and logistics and the uh, korea advanced institute of science and technologies uh, experience center is trying to replicate this and kind of get an understanding what this is about korea in general is very interested in using metaverse applications um, some companies are already working with the industrial metaverse Um, And practically all large corporations are investigating the concept uh, to prepare themselves for a future in in which the virtual and the uh, physical world essentially merge. Now, why did I pick this one? It's rather less because it's special per se, but it is a good example because it is meant as a teaching tool. So which makes it easier to understand it's not a complete factory. It's not the most complex application. It's a fair, very, a fairly straightforward use case to visualize and illustrate what an uh, industrial metaverse can do. Also, it is an educational tool. And we will later on, perhaps during our conversation, see a little bit that while there is a technology grandeur and all the potential applications. But in the end, people need to know how to use it. So training and education is an important aspect. And this is what the center is trying to achieve. So it was rather a very nice illustration in a, in a limited um, way so that people can understand what this is meant to be and what it is about.
0: Wonderful. Let's remain a little bit on the issue of education and uses of, of something like that, like that facility. So you mentioned in the article, one of the benefits of the Korean Center and many others like that is the ability to shift expensive activities such as, you know, prototype development, um, testing into this virtual environment, right? So what are some of the other benefits you see? Why should we continue to invest in such centers? what they what kind of benefits they will bring to us?
2: Yeah so going back to the the, the cost reduction prototyping or and you know planning um, certain f- facilities and so on. I think it it, it was um, I'm blanking on which architect it was, but he essentially said it's very easy to change a blueprint with a pencil later on. it's very expensive to use a sledgehammer, to uh, make changes to the building so in general use cases are likely unlimited it's a little bit like the internet Um, if, if you think about what did the internet change well the question is rather what didn't the internet change so i believe that the metaverse will have Uh, use cases across all industries and applications. So uh, it also provides a pathway to digital twins, which is essentially an exact uh, replication of, um, you know, from body organs, human organs to the, the planet Earth. And actually in the upcoming issue of imci i have a an article on digital twins so if you're interested there's a little bit more about it so um we we have essentially um exact virtual replications of uh, physical aspects and it goes from the small as i mentioned to like proteins literally to the all-encompassing so we we have the virtualization of all those different buildings cities engines, systems, and all of them will not only um, be a good way to design your applications, to look at approaches and the logistics and the processes that we will employ, but it also will help researchers understand how certain dynamics are coming together and it will be a good use case for education, so the the next um you know, the next group of researchers, engineers, and business people will have a great way to actually learn all the, the ropes and understand what it's about. The visualization will also enable planning and design, real time updates. Uh, once you enter um, or add sensors and additional information, will allow you to have a real-time monitoring system in place. You can use it for operational tasks once you have a fully functioning digital twin, so essentially an industrial metaverse that is really associated with a particular factory, for instance. Uh, Then it becomes a command and control center that you can use to get the information, but also to change, for instance, uh, certain settings. Um, In my opinion, what's really, really unique about the industrial metaverse is the ability to collaborate, to practice, and to test approaches, and repeat such procedures to find counterintuitive solutions, meaning uh, it's very difficult to build something, test it, And sometimes you actually have that. You have prototypes or you have uh, smaller facilities that are built to understand how it could be improved. Now we can actually build the entire facility. And we can go through it and see how uh, this works, uh, how the different systems are coming together, where potential hurdles, challenges are, and so on. As a matter of fact, some of the really advanced, the NASA, for instance, said, well, we might need... um, the Industrial Metaverse and Digital Twins, because if you want to have certification, in a lot of cases, that has to be done before the system is built. So the bigger the system, the more difficult it will be to build it first and then certify it. So you need a complete replica to do this. Now, once you have this all in place, talking about counterintuitive solutions, you actually can add, artificial intelligence there was a lot of talk about the last year i want to say and machine learning uh, to support the efforts of the managers and the engineers so there, there will be again i want to highlight the the additional article that is about to be released in in your magazine and that they will talk about digital twins and deepen the application areas a little bit so in the end i i think there's nothing that you can't use it for, almost want to say. Wow.
1: You know, you, you explain all these activities, you know, and the complexities involved. And I would imagine, you know, thinking about this from, you know, from a data point of view. So, you know, I would get, I would, uh, you know, think that there's an incredible amount of data, you know, that has to be gathered, collected, analyzed and transferred that has to, and all this has to happen in real time. So, how are we able to actually make those advances with the current, you know, infrastructure that we have, the telecom infrastructure that we currently have? Do we have to wait for five G for that to happen? Just the the just the sheer you know amount of data that needs to come in and be analyzed and and reviewed um, seems relatively daunting.
2: Uh, So that's a really interesting question. It really depends on the type of industrial metaverse you want to create. So you can essentially have one that doesn't require any um, 5G connectivity or any connectivity for that matter because you essentially just build it up inside a computer so the example going back to apollo 13 that was literally housed in a computer there was no real connectivity Uh, they had some data that came from the actual apollo spaceship but in the end they just looked at what they had it was a contained box with all the information that you can do without any advanced networking um capabilities in the background But the closer you get to what I mentioned before, digital twins that actually take real-time data, get all the sensor information, and even more, um, if you want to actually impact and influence the system or the factory from the industrial metaverse, now you have information coming in, giving you new insights, potentially even an emergency case, you inside the virtual um, representation, making changes to the system that then get sent over um, to the actual physical factory. Now you see that suddenly you need a lot of information that is coming, but you also need very low latency, meaning there shouldn't be a gap in the information. If you press the button, it should be as real-time as possible, to make the changes for safety and security uh, purposes. This will will be 5G, Uh, it will be all the follow-ups because as we roll out with the metaverse, we will increasingly have information, visual information, camera information, sensor information. You might get information from your supply chain partners that will affect you and your factory. So you can see how this quickly Gets a little bit out of control, and you need all those capacities to transmit the information. Now, there are actually physical limitations, you know, speed of light and such. So, you need at one point, and also think about okay, so where do we have the servers? How do we connect them? What should be computed in the chip at the machine, edge computing? and what should be done in the cloud. So there is a lot of the way you design those platforms have to be thought through. And as you put AI, machine learning on top of it, suddenly you really have a lot of needs for computing power, for networking power, um, and for transmission requirements. So in in a way, the industrial metaverse builds upon the advances in technology and networking, but it will also become a crucial driver of those technologies and the infrastructures. And companies like Nokia already, they are aware that you know you need to essentially build as much infrastructure as possible. And you obviously need to have uh, faster networking capabilities, which then brings a lot. So what will be the standard? How will we work together with un- other countries and so on? But in the end, you can have some applications that do not need um, networking infrastructures and the closer you you get to the the promise of what the industrial metaverse might be, uh, then you literally, there there will never be enough, similar to internet applications. There's never enough.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. So uh, you mentioned the digital twin. So I wanted to go back to that. And we've been talking about factories, plants and things like that. But in the article, you also mentioned virtual Singapore, so an entire city with its digital twin. So the administration can actually pass policy changes in the virtual world before changes in the real world take place, right? So is Singapore a good model? Should other cities around the world follow that
2: example? Is that the future? Is a good model is a good question. It's a good example, if you get, get my um, take here. so uh, but, but... Singapore has the advantage that it is geographically limited. It's super high tech and it has a chance to get all the information. It wants to become uh, a smart smart city, smart urban management. And it is a good way to take a look at initially what could work in this world. How can we combine it? You don't want to start with the United States as a whole. So it's good if you essentially have a city-state taking a step into this. But just to mention, Seoul, Tampere, Brisbane, Stuttgart, Los Angeles, and many other cities and regions are developing something similar. Now, all those models talking about, is this a good model, what um, Singapore is doing, they vary according to scale, uh, connectivity um, requirements, and the purpose. I mean, the question is do you want to do it for traffic do you want it to do it uh, for urban design do you want to uh, replicate urban uh, services and so on so they they're completely different applications of how you might uh, tackle such a representation such an industrial metaverse um, or a digital twin meaning it, it's I think it's very difficult to say, is it a good model and it should be replicated? It's more like, let's take a look at it, what will be working, Uh, what are good applications. So it might be that they actually managed to do it all, but in the end, some of those applications, it's expensive and the benefits aren't really there. And other applications might be the low-hanging fruits where it's like, wow, this really made a difference. So I think as virtual representations Um, digital twins of regions and cities roll out for the various purposes. It will be valuable to step back, take a look at all the different applications, uh, take a look at all the technology setups, take a look at the purposes and what the payoffs were, and and then essentially pick and choose the ones where we think, oh, this really makes sense. This could be applied to our own region, for instance. So, the expectations of what you want to do with the digital twin will actually play a massive role. So, I just want to remain
0: a little bit on this topic. So, I would have hoped or thought that maybe Potsdam would be digital Potsdam before we see Berlin digital, for example. But let's speak on Berlin. So, because of the war in Ukraine, we had a massive influx of people into Berlin, and already densely populated A city in the world, perhaps the largest city in Europe, and now all of a sudden you have maybe over 100,000 people converging into that city. So perhaps having a digital twin could have helped in terms of managing all of the city services.
2: Wouldn't that be a good investment? I mean, could we make the case for that? So this is a very interesting question because would you build up a system for a situation that is very difficult uh, to foresee or predict, so in a, in a way this this is a little bit of a I'm not sure if anybody predicted that this would be possible five years ago. Um, so, but in general, a digital twin would certainly help you for various reasons. So you could essentially have an application that would simulate a hundred thousand people moving around what I mean by that is it's not that it's a unique mass it's that everybody has certain purposes so some are trying to reunite the family others are just there to regroup and then go back and help the country others want to establish a completely new type of living. some might go <clears throat> use it as a landing pad to then move on so you you have all those individual, uh, interests and uh, a simulation could actually give you a sense of what different people would be doing and how they would move through a city and through a region and what they would use and what they would need. So, yes, in general, it would be a good application. I Do you think it's a bit early for this? Uh, For the simple reason, there's too many vagaries. It's not completely clear uncertainty how people for how long, what will the war do? Uh, I I think, you know, replicating a sewer system is a bit easier because you have a better understanding. (laughs) Um, So I think we want to start at the easy ones. But I do also believe that over time, we will find a very societal applications beyond the extreme of a war, but also how would we be able to help homeless? How could we tackle drug addiction, uh, domestic issues, and so on? I think that there will, over time, be a lot of ways where we can use information that comes from the urban environment to help uh, social workers, for instance, to make sense of it.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Um, coming back to the article that you wrote, um, you named three areas where the industrial metaverse needs to focus, um, so that we can, you know, actually achieve the benefits uh, that we expect. Um, design work, you talk about re- human resources and leadership. So, talk to us a little bit about those three areas.
2: So, I actually have to call out uh, Carolina Simon and. Uh, with VTT, that that really highlighted those areas. Um, you have to understand VTT is a research center in Finland, and they are focusing on the human-driven industrial metaverse. So it's a it's a little bit of a subset that has more focus on uh, how will humans interact with and within such a uh, virtual representation. So. But design work, I think we will have a completely new set of possibilities that also requires a complete uh, new understanding how to use it, and obviously the training, which you know, segues over to HR and management, so collaboration, time zone management will become uh, more relevant. You will need to understand if people are open to use the industrial metaverse and from the leadership role now you have completely um, new challenges how do you guide your employees how do you guide people in the metaverse across time zones potentially even from different organizations because now it's easier to collaborate so there will be a lot of focus on what leadership is doing i do believe relationships and soft skills will become more crucial in a world that's devoid of physical interaction. It's not we, we need to have a better understanding. It's, it's just not that easy. What we're doing now um, here, you know, via a video conference, it's not, it requires different understanding and more openness than sitting at a table where I can see how you're reacting and where it's just easier to interact. So, HR will need to understand that many employees and workers are not ready. That is very obvious from a skill level, but it also has to be understood that some people might not even be willing to use it. They might say, I'm I'm sorry, I'm too old for this, or I can't understand it, or why are we doing this? The old way worked perfectly. So you obviously have uh, the need to skill, -skill, reskill, upskill, train, but also to educate uh, people why they should use it and how uh, it can help them. Now, even more, if you now have this new world similar to the Internet uh, 30 years ago, you will develop over time new strategies, and new strategies will require new organizational structures. So you can see it's not only, hey, don't use a pencil, you'll use the ballpoint. Everything else stays the same. The availability of such an advanced virtual representation will completely change the way we interact, collaborate, the strategies we pursue, and the organizational structure. To, to give you perhaps... Um, Understanding how such a world can change the way and how we create values and develop partnerships. When the internet came along, we moved from many cases to a value web rather than a value chain. Uh, also, the system, uh, the the concept of a long tail. So the idea, instead of having a hundred books that are the best sellers, you now have a million books and maybe you only sell two or three of each. That was impossible if you had individual branches. But once you had the internet and you could store it all in a warehouse, suddenly the long tail made sense. You could have millions of books even if we would only order three or four copies of it. So that was impossible before. It changed the way of a strategy, also changed the way of the structure. And as we know now, warehousing has become just a massive growth market in part because of the internet i do not believe that 30 years ago we would have said warehousing that will change i mean we would have come up with you know hundreds of things but i i argue warehousing we wouldn't have picked so you can see that there are a lot of hr and leadership uh, needs to to guide the thinking and uh, to to guide essentially every individual to make it easier to use. Consumers, too.
0: Wonderful. Uh, So, uh, we actually received several questions. Uh, I'm afraid we don't have a lot more time in this roundtable. So, you know, thank you so much. I guess we have to wait until this March 24th for the South by Southwest Conference. Of course, Martin has yet another article coming uh, expanding on the issue of the industrial metaverse. So, please, please stay tuned uh, to his next article. Uh, Martin, thank you so very much for uh, your roundtable today. And folks, we sure covered a lot of ground today. Thank you so much for joining us for this roundtable. And uh, we hope you learned something new about Industrial Metaverse, its promises and challenges. So thank you so much. Thank you you so so much for having me. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, folks. See you in the next session. Goodbye.